Autism stems from differences in biology that have an influence on brain development. Autism is a lifelong condition. That doesn't mean that children can't make significant improvements in their language and social abilities over time. They can, just like all children. But children don't just go out of order. This week on the Bedroom Tall Show. We're discussing navigating autism, a mother's perspective. With your host, Crystal J. And this week, I have a guest panel of phenomenal women. Stay tuned for this episode and get ready for this conversation about autism. I'm thankful for God and all his blessings As a parent, I think about life from my son's perspective I want to know, when they stare in your face, do you feel afraid? I'm not ashamed, many might call you strange, it's how they made I want to know, do you know I'm your dad? Do you feel neglected on holidays? Do you feel any joy? Do you open presents? I want to know, do you get bullied from other kids? If I die, where would you go? Where would you live? I want to know Will you survive if things change? I want to know. When I'm not around, could you maintain? You nonverbal. How would I know if you feeling strange? When you cry, I want to know what's wrong to share your pain. You look in space. I want to know what's on your brain. When you sick, I have to guess the symptoms. It's insane. I give it all just to hear your voice. I really would take everything for my son to enjoy his childhood. Thank you, son. You teaching me patient. My thinking different. Hey everybody, welcome to the Bedroom Talk Show. Today, we're, you already know what we're talking about, we're talking about autism. And this month, I have so many dope episodes just for you guys can to understand what autism is. And I have so many dope moms to interview today. So we're going to get right into it. And if you read my thing, it says autism is, I mean, sorry, it says awareness is just the beginning. I want us to understand, accept, knowledge, respect. So let's get right into it, you guys. The first mom I'm going to interview first is going to be Bianca Johnson. Hey, girl. Hey, how are you? I am fine. Let me get to your questions. Okay. And I'm doing fine. So before I get into your questions, I want you to tell my audience about your story. Like, What is your story? Okay, well, a little bit about me. I am a 30. You went out a little bit, but I think I got the gist. <laughs> um, I'm a 30 year old uh, special education teacher. Um, I'm a non active therapist at the moment, and I'm a mother to a five year old son. Um, his name is Logan, um, and he got diagnosed with autism uh, around the age of two years old. Now, you being a special needs teacher, what does that look like now during COVID? Um, hectic. Uh, so we are now just transitioning back to virtual learning. Um, so we're going from virtual to back into the classroom. I also um, 
you know, have a special needs, special needs child as well. So it's kind of hectic. Uh, the population that I serve, they don't wear masks. They don't do good with hygiene. So it's just a challenge getting them accustomed to us wearing masks and having our PPE on and them coming in and wearing masks for a long amount of time and just trying to get them to remain safe as possible. I can understand the mask thing. It took my son a couple of months to start getting used to wearing a mask. I worked on it every day. I paired it with his tablet. So in order for him to get his tablet, he had to wear the mask. And it was a minute. So I, for like me, it was baby steps. And now that we in public, he wear his mask the whole time. He may take it off here and there. But it's the little things that I am appreciative of. So what are your daily struggles as being a mom also that has a child on the spectrum? Um, definitely virtual learning uh, as of right now. Logan is a very social kid. So him not being able to interact with teachers in person and uh, fellow peers is really taking a toll on him. Um, as far as sitting uh, for a whole school day in front of a tablet, um, it's just not going well. I feel like um, we keep as much as his education going on the back end, um, but he's just not a Zoom kid. He probably will never be a Zoom kid. Um, but right now, we just don't feel safe enough to send him back. Unfortunately, he um, he just got tested for COVID and he's positive today. Um, so it's just so many struggles um, as a single mom um, with a kid who has autism that we have to go through. Um, so that's probably our biggest challenge right now, the virtual learning. I have to agree. The virtual learning is very hard on me, but I just try to stay on it and stay consistent. Like when he enlopes, I try to, I really try to get on him when he elopes. Like I'm like, okay, Zach, let's let's work on this. And I have like in, in my son IEP, I've asked them to put in braids because um, mm -hmm. I am a couple of times doing the virtual learning setting setting to make sure that it fits my child and it's not a textbook IEP. So that is something that I have personally done and it has worked. So hopefully you can um, see, can you put in break, mandatory breaks? Because what child can sit in front of a computer, even a neurotypical child can sit in front of a computer for 30 minutes or an hour, exactly. eight hours. So that's what I yeah. did. My next question for you is, um, was you in denial when you first found out your child was on the spectrum? Like, what was your state? What was your state of mind then, and what is it now? Um, it was kind of funny because it kind of felt like somebody was prepping me for it. Um, I graduated in 2014 from Morgan State. I studied uh, psychology in undergrad, and right from there, I started being an aide in uh, Baltimore City Public Schools. So I always worked with kids with autism. Um, got pregnant in 2014, same year. Um, so it, it kind of felt like I was getting prepped for something. Um, when Logan was born, he was typical. He ate everything, you know. Um, he didn't speak, he only said mama, but he, we taught him sign language. Um, and sooner or later, it just, it just seemed like he, he wouldn't talk uh, like other kids. Uh, he would say certain things, but he would more so be like, I want that, like, but he'll point or like he'll pull you to a specific direction. So I got him tested twice. Um, the third time around, he got uh, diagnosed with a speech delay. We started Baltimore Infants and Toddlers, which is basically just kind of like a prep um, program, I guess, if you will. They do speech and OT and anything like that between the ages of zero and five. So I had him enrolled in that. 
Um, and we got the diagnosis from Kennedy Krieger that he was indeed autistic. So that day, I think, I, I guess, I don't know if all parents have this, but I kind of was like, mm, well, wow, what did I do wrong? Because my whole world is autism. This is all that I've been doing since I graduated. So what did I do wrong? What did I miss? Um, that lasted for about a day. But I just came to the realization that this is the same kid that I've always had. Nothing's changed. Um, I'm just going to be more aware and be on him, you know, because I am prepared with the different techniques and, you know, all these things that I know um, from working with kids with autism already. So I just feel like we got a good a good head start with it. Yeah, that's great because you because pretty much you came into autism already knowing about it, knowing what it is, knowing what it looks like. Unlike yeah. other parents, like as myself, I didn't know what it looked like. I didn't know what it was. I didn't know about resources. I didn't know about getting free pull-ups. I didn't know anything. I was just like, I was like, I was blind. I couldn't see. Like, it, it was like, wow. So your yeah. perspective is different from me because I didn't know. So my last question for you. Um, before I come back to you is what made you want to have this conversation today? Um, I'm definitely a, a person that advocates for autism. Um, like I said, this is like my whole world. Uh, the kids at my job, I love them like my own. Um, and I have a child with autism as well. Um, so I just think that I want to really increase the awareness, especially with parents that are African-American, um, just to let them know that it's okay if your child needs extra help. It's okay if your kid is not talking. You know, start now. Start if he's one, two, three. Start now. Start before they get into pre-K. Because I've seen these kids. I work with kids that are in high school age, so between the ages of sixteen to twenty-one. I've seen these kids not be able to tie their shoe, not be able to wipe themselves, not be able to feed themselves, not being able to button up a shirt, or just simple things like that. Um, that you need to start now. I feel like if we're more proactive as parents um, and just telling other African-American parents like, hey, it's okay. Like I've been there, I can help you. Then we might, we might be okay. I love that. And I do want us to advocate more for black, brown people because we are not aware of resources. We are not aware of what to do when we find our child has special needs, not just autism, but special needs in general. So that's a conversation mm -hmm. that needs to be had. We have to create the table, but we can sit at the table and understand this is what our child needs. We, we need we need to be in the bills. We need to be there. So I love what you said. And I'll be right back to you. The next guest, mm -hmm. I'll the next guest I will bring you guys is somebody I met through my son's teacher. Um, my son's teacher is amazing. And this lady, she has a smile for days, but she also has an organization. It's called Our Children's Story or Our Child Stories. I probably messed it up because I sometimes do that. But her story is what really made me want to interview her. But just meeting her, her love for autism and special needs is amazing. She has two kids with two different special needs. And I find it amazing how she created an organization. She's about fitness. She's about self-love. So I'm going to just bring Miss Hicks on up here. You know, thanks to Dr. Bolton, my son's teacher. I met you. I cannot wait to meet you in person and not virtual. But we still in COVID, so I understand. So tell us your story. Oh, um... Long story short, and if y'all see me looking everywhere, I got a new little setup popping, so forgive me, okay? Um, 
It's, you know what? Long story short, my oldest, Anthony, um, I call him Moo. He's 15. He has cerebral palsy and epilepsy. That's how this whole thing with me got started. Um, because of him, I'm here. He's 100% dependent. Um, he requires assistance for all needs. Um, and that's my organization is because of him. My youngest baby, uh, Lyric J'adore, is five and he had a, he has autism. And so the sneaker line that I have, J'adore Awareness Apparel, is after him. It is for him. It brings awareness to cerebral palsy, epilepsy, autism, breast cancer, all of the diagnoses that have affected my life in some capacity, some way, shape, or form. So this whole situation that I'm a part of is because of my oldest. Well, you kind of answered that question before I got to you, but I wanted to know what was your organization, but you kind of already answered. Do you have anything else you want to add to what is your organization? Um, yeah. So our children's store, even though it, it was created in likeness of my oldest son, the purpose of the organization when I originally got started was to swap information with other moms. So we would actually meet at a library in DeKalb County, Georgia, uh, once a month on a Sunday, I believe it was a Sunday, and we would swap information with other moms. However, what what we started to realize is me and two other moms that started the group was that we were the ones coming with the most information. We found that a lot of our melanated moms and dads did not either know about resources, aware of how to apply for resources. And I'm a researching type of girl. So, you know, from there is kind of how our children's story birthed. We, I literally took education that I learned on my own, that I was gifted by others and shared it with other people. Now, do I advocate now? No, my days of that for others is done. I'm into the fun stuff. I'm into the elevating, helping families build stability, helping families reshape their foundation, helping families understand that they don't have to be dependent on a system, but that's another topic for another day. Um, but that's what I currently do now under Our Children's Story. My goal is we started out information base where we would lead you to the resources, show you how to obtain them. Now, my goal is to make sure moms are healthy because one of the things we have to remember is as moms, we have to be at our best to carry out this mission. If your health is jacked up, it don't matter how much you advocate. It don't matter how much knowledge you got. If you cannot physically take care of this child and be present in the now for this child and all that advocacy work you do is null and void. So my goal is to show women their worth, show them how to stand up, show them how to be fully independent and not dependent, show them how to come out of victim mode and be victors. We spend so much time talking about, woe is me, my life is hard. You have to show up for the life that you were gifted. And my role in this arena, in this capacity is to show women that we are not victims. Our children are not burdens. They are blessings here to show you your purpose so that you can win at this thing called life. Y'all see why I love her? Did 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 y'all see? Did y'all did y'all understand? Like you guys. Like when I okay, so I met her through a special needs conference that was hosted by APS. And I was just like, girl, I was driving. 
listening to her. It's like, wait, huh? I, got, I got to pull over. What did you just say? And she would just tell her story. And I just loved how she told her story. It was just like, it really resonated with me. So I do have more questions for her. Go for so it. So your son, your son being five, is he nonverbal or non or is he, he was nonverbal? But I am, I come from a musical household. So okay. prior to this journey of being a special needs mama, I was a professional singer. I was actively pursuing singing. I was singing in clubs, I was gigging. And um when I had my oldest son, all of that ceased. You know, life re took another direction. So with my youngest, when I got the diagnosis, now be clear, my oldest is nonverbal. So I was already familiar with that arena. So when my youngest got his autism diagnosis, yeah, I was hurt, but I was like, all right, they say this is nonverbal. They say this, they say that. All right, cool. We just gonna work on it. I was ahead of the game because I had an older son that had sensory issues. Even though it looked different, he still had sensory issues. He was nonverbal. Um, he couldn't eat certain foods and then became G-tube dependent. So I was already prepared for my youngest. So yeah, he was nonverbal, but honey, we talk, we saying words, a whole lot of them now. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that. I love that. Okay. My next question is, what advice would you give a parent who's currently going through a diagnosis or they haven't went through the step yet because they are in denial? Ooh, y'all, you might have some folks mad at me, but we're going to answer it. We're going to answer it. Okay. So I've been doing this thing 15 years, right? One thing that I have realized is as humans, right? And I'm going to say this, and I love y'all when I say this, I love y'all, but I'm an honest person. And in order to reach a level of peace and a level of acceptance that I have, I got to be real about it. All right. What we do a lot is we take the definition of words and we hang on those definitions. We take every negative aspect that comes with these diagnoses and that's what we live by. Hear me when I say that. We take every negative aspect of a diagnosis, no matter what it is, and we live by that, which is why a lot of us are suffering, a lot of us are in denial, and a lot of us are unwilling because we have been told that life should look a certain way. Humans should look a certain way, behave a certain way, do a certain thing, live a certain way. We've been taught that. So we chase others' expectation of life. And when the good old Lord shows us that that ain't it, I run this and this is your path, we take that as a breakdown. We say, why me? Why we? Why, 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 why? But what if, right? That diagnosis that you you funny about not getting is the pathway into you becoming who you're meant to be in this world. Your children are the extension of you. They are you. They are the best mirror of you, right? So in order to reach your greatest potential, you're always asking, I want real relationships. I want real love. Your children are every ounce of everything you're asking for in this life. So when you don't ante up 
to those challenges. That's motherhood. Motherhood ain't pretty. Stop looking at Instagram with these pretty, excuse my language, pretty ass hair and makeup and nails and clothes and the Shabbat. Stop looking at that because that's not motherhood. Motherhood is gritty. Motherhood is life. Motherhood is meant to breathe and experience and build and stabilize and love and nurture and understand and forgive. We do opposite of that. We, when our children don't show up the way that we imagine, we melt down and then we run from it. So that means you're running from God. You can't say I'm into God. I love God. God is my savior. But then you run from his challenges, which is when he give you children, no matter how them children come out, they are your children. So you have to ante up to the plate to handle that responsibility of motherhood. Motherhood ain't pretty. It's not supposed to be. But we make it pretty. We make it fairy tale, which is why we get stuck. The reality is my son, my oldest, who is 15, has cerebral palsy and epilepsy. He will never walk. He will never talk. He will never eat by mouth again. He will never do a damn thing for himself. I have a five-year-old who has autism who may need some assistance in life. He may not fully be able to live on his own. Now, once I was able to accept that, I can work in an honest position and a positive position in his best favor because I'm not doing it by a lie. I'm not building on a lie. I'm building on the reality so he can get the best help, which is why he doesn't exude a lot of the behaviors that other children with autism have because we're living in fairy tales. That's all I got. That's all I got. You said a mouthful. I was over here like, Colin, I had no gist for, the, for autism because I want people to realize how serious this conversation is. So I was over here like, yes, yes. And I was just over here like, yes, girl. I agree with everything you said. Everything. Like, everything. My last question for you before we come back to you is, what are some good resources that you can share with parents who are who need some resources? But you, you can talk about both uh, special needs. It doesn't matter. Resources are resources. That part. So there's a few organizations that I would like to highlight um, that do offer services, support, um, mine, of course, ourchildrenstory.org. We do a lot of health and wellness. We do a lot of financial workshops in our private Facebook group called Sisterhood. Um, Dignify a Diva, which she also helps. I do a lot of partnering with her. She does a lot with, with women and children. Um, if you're homeless, if you're transitioning out of foster care, um, we, her and I are getting ready to part partner up and we're building a grant to offer. Um, I also have 3D Foundation. They are based out of Texas. He does a lot in the autism arena, especially in fashion. Um, he's a great, phenomenal resource to reach out to. Um, I have Inclusion Clubhouse, which is in California, ran by Miss Linda Hall, my sister. I love her dearly. Um, prior to COVID, she was great for doing um, inclusive events, such as a, she would do a big prom in her daughter's Janiah, um, in Janiah's honor. Um, so those are some organizations that you can reach out to if you are in need of services. Um, but one thing that I will say is because I, I tell y'all, you know, I'm not a dependency girl. Your resources are in the house. You are everything. Let me be clear, mamas, because sometimes we, we get lost. OK, so let me help y'all. We are everything, everything these children need. There is not an entity out here that can outdo you. Show up for the job. Show up for the job. Be a part 
of the job. Stop letting people tell you how the job should be done. If God is your savior, if Allah is your savior, if Jehovah Jireh is your savior, whatever you choose to call your entity, universe, whatever that is, live by that. You are truly not living by that. When you have the gut feelings, when you have the intuitions, when you have the visions, when you have the feeling that it's not right, it is right, you go by that because that is the connection to your special baby, is that spirit. Listening, stop letting humans dictate you. Listen, and I promise you, a lot of those behaviors, a lot of those uncertainties will go away because you're basing the capabilities of your children on man's approval, not your higher power's approval. You'll be surprised when you tap in to who you say you worship, like really tap in how much further your babies will go. Whew, you just said a mouthful, a mouthful. So you guys, I am, we're about to go on commercial break and this commercial break is a little fun. You guys are going to love it. This artist, I literally prayed to God for an autism awareness song and it came to me today before we went live. That's why I was kind of late and I have to share it. This is a dope video. Take some time. He dropped some facts, some knowledge and let's enjoy this artist. Autism stems from differences in biology that have an influence on brain development. Autism is a lifelong condition. That doesn't mean that children can't make significant improvements in their language and social abilities over time. They can, just like all children. But children don't just go out of business. I want to thank you, son. You teaching me patient, my thinking different. People wicked, they be calling you special. I call you gifted, won't forget it. My whole life changed after a visit. I was lost. The doctor said, you're autistic. Dang. I know you can't talk, but you feel my love. Me and your mommy always making you happy with kisses, hugs. They say you different because you hear what we say. Just can't repeat it like a secret. It could have been worse. The least you breathe is like I'm dreaming. But I can't wait from this nightmare. I wiped tears. They said my son can't talk. How was life fair? I was dead. You was mimicking words and making sounds. Now you frown, feeling misunderstood. Jumped on the ground, feeling down. You a whole different child. I'm like, what happened? Feel like snapping. You a soul full of life. Why people laughing? Keep on dancing, son. I got you back when it's said and done. I feel your spirit. I'll be right by your side while they making fun. Thank you, son. You teaching me patient. My thinking different. People wicked. They be calling you special. I call you gifted. Won't forget it. My whole life changed after a visit. I was lost. The doctor said, you're autistic. Listen, I'm thankful for God and all his blessings. As a parent, I think about life from my son's perspective. I want to know when they stare in your face, do you feel afraid? I'm not ashamed. Many might call you strange. Just how they made. I want to know. Do you know I'm your dad? Do you feel neglected? On holidays, do you feel any joy? Do you open presents? I, I want to know. know. Do you get bullied from other kids? If I die, where would you go? Where would you live? I want to know. Will you survive if things change? I want to know. When I'm not around, could you maintain? You nonverbal. How would I know if you feeling strange? When you cry, I want to know what's wrong to share your pain. You look in space. I want to know what's on your brain. When you sick, I have to guess the symptoms. It's insane. I give it all just to hear your voice. I really would take everything for my son to enjoy his childhood. Thank you, son. You teaching me patient. My thinking different. People wicked. They be calling you special. I call you gifted. Won't forget it. My whole life changed after a visit. I was lost. The doctor said, you're autistic. What's your future? Can the Lord make it straight? He's the ruler. I'm a mess. In times I regret, I ain't help you, son.
sooner. Many questions that the man's can't answer. I asked the reverend, he said, pray. I thank God every day, my son a blessing. It's depressing. When you first have a child, you set some goals like playing sports, watching movies together, taking a stroll. This is life. It's the hand I was dealt and I never fold. I love you, son, until we both grow old. More than you know, the stats show. In the last 20 years, won't suffer from it. You won't care until it happens to yours. Don't make assumptions. It's autism. The word slow and retarded is just disgusting. Have respect. Don't laugh and point when they in public. Try to stomach. You alive but trapped in your own brain. You know the words, but they won't come out the same way. Try to fabrum. Being told from humans you're not the same. You in a maze, but your fan keeps saying it's okay. Thank you, son. You teaching me patient. My thinking different. People wicked. They be calling you special. I call you gifted. Won't forget it. My whole life changed after a visit. I was lost. The doctor says you're autistic. When I date, unless my mate has a child with autism, it's aggravating because a kid to keep asking what's wrong with him. It's expensive. Got the prop insurance. It could be hectic. Paying for schools and all the therapy sessions and medicine. Take a second for the parent and family who going through it. I share your pain and all the tears it brought. But we can do it. Be strong. We will succeed when the time gets hard. We will achieve. So please keep going. Good job. In fact, I believe that people with autism are just as capable, if not more capable, than all of you, born without autism, at being successful and happy in their day-to-day lives. I hope you guys enjoyed that artist. He literally DM'd me if I went live today. I told him I was going to share it all month because it was dope. It was very informational. He was dropping facts in the video if he was able to read it. I found it to be very positive, and I enjoyed it. But we're going to get to the next parent, you guys. I'm going to try to move it right along. The next person I'm going to interview is D Snaps. D Snaps, she owns a nonprofit organization, and I'm going to let her tell her story. Hi, can you hear me? Yeah, so, we can hear you. Oh, Crystal? I said we can hear you. You're fine. Okay, great. So uh, my name is Dee Sapp, and I am the founder and executive director for the Accessibility Bridge Corporation. We are located in the DMV area, and our mission is to provide wraparound supports for people with disabilities and um, who want enhanced independence inclusion in the areas of um, education, housing, athletics, employment, and social skills. And uh, I won't go into too much detail unless you want me to keep talking about the organization or my why. I think that was one of your questions. Yes, so what is your why? Like, why did you start an organization? Because it has to be a why within that. It is. <laughs> so um, I have a 19-year-old son who has um, autism, and um, he just my journey with him. So my son is um, on Team USA. He is a swimmer on the Paralympic team, and he's training for Tokyo. And what I learned with my son was that he doesn't fit the stereotypical um, description of a person with autism which made things very, very difficult for us in terms of obtaining 
um, services, getting him um, what he needed with his school team and um, those things. And so what I realized with um, raising my son is that there are ways that you can get, get things done without going the typical route um, of having that happen. And so um, what my organization aims to do is to encourage and assist other people in doing those things. So specifically, like with academics, you don't necessarily have to go through the public school system to get what you need. Not everyone qualifies for Medicaid, Medicare, public assistance. But when your child has a disability, they, st they still need help. So uh, and then also with college, uh, a lot of schools don't let you know what educational or post-secondary options are available to people with disabilities or specifically people with autism and intellectual impairments. So what my organization does is provides hope and resources for people who want more for their children with um, autism and other disabilities or people with autism and disabilities who want more for themselves. I found that very amazing and because the older the kids get, they don't have resources. That is something that is a problem. Like, okay, you have resources from their kid, but what about when they're older? What about when I pass? Are my child still going to get resources? Is somebody still going to advocate for him? That is something that I'm working towards for the future. So I appreciate that you have already started that. So that is very amazing. Um, my next question for you is how do you balance your work life and being a nonprofit for dealing with other moms and special needs people? Like how do, how do you do it? So, um, I mean, I live my work and that's part of the reason why um, I founded the organization was because I did this full time for my son. I left my job in 2018 so that I could travel with him and pour into him as much as possible before he turned 18. Because um, as one of the other moms mentioned, um, you do a lot of research, you ask a lot of questions, and it really is a full-time job. And you're basically racing against the clock um, before your child turns 18. So as I mentioned, I um, left my job in 2018 and I was caring for him full-time. So I'm not doing anything for the organization that I wasn't doing for him. So, um, so I'm still learning. Obviously, he still benefits from what I'm doing, but I felt like um, I, I'm the person that I wish that I had when I was going through the challenges, not with my son, it's um, the external challenges. It's dealing with people, it's dealing with systems, it's dealing with the school systems, it's dealing with, um, you know, insurance. It's, it's so many things. And so, um, so I felt like I needed to give back to other people who were looking for someone like me. I understand that. And that is the reason why I became an advocate for it. People can find more Black people that are trying to advocate for our kids and be the voice for our kids. My next question for you is, what are some good resources? Like I already asked LeBron, like I already asked Ms. Hits, you guys, what are mm -hmm. some great resources? Because we all have different resources. I have different resources. You have different resources. What mm -hmm. are some resources you can drop today for parents? So the model that I use for my organization is a little different than what other people do. So we have a model of inclusion 
And what it is that I try to do is we provide resources for people with disability in inclusive settings. So if they want to participate in a sport or in an activity that's for neuro typical kids there. And so we are um, our best resource when we're doing that. Um, so again, the, not everybody qualifies for government assistance, but you know, the biggest resource uh, for me are other parents, um, other like-minded individuals that have started their own organizations. Um, Clubhouse, anytime you see a group on Facebook, like there's tons and tons of Facebook groups um, for families with autism. But I would encourage you to break it down, not just moms of autism, moms of um, people with disabilities, moms of black boys, moms of black girls, um, people that live because your child is more than just um, autistic. Like you can't separate all the things that they are that they are. So um so that's generally what I encourage people to do, to look at the whole child and kind of break apart all of the things that make up your child and reach out to those different groups, because that's the best way to learn. And I 100 percent advocate for inclusion. Yes. Um, and I think that's all my questions I have for you. You guys, my next parent I am going to interview is Crystal. And I'm not sure if she's ready. Well, until she's ready, do you have any other advice that you want to drop for parents that are in denial? They they don't want to talk about it. They're ashamed. They just like you have any any advice for them? Just learn. Don't focus so much on the diagnosis, focus on your child and focus on the things that your child can do, because the shame only comes from worrying about the things that your child can't do. But for every one thing that your child is unable to do, there are 10 things that they are able to do. So I would encourage you to focus on those things and not worry about that. And anyone that would you know, judge you or wouldn't support you, you may have to table, table those people and find your tribe. And I will say, I mean, just like um, you and I connected, that the biggest resources that I found have been from complete strangers, from people that I don't know. And so um, that also helps a little bit to be able to share these intimate and personal things with people that you don't know. Um, that way, I guess you don't feel so intimately connected. So that's probably what my advice is. But don't feel ashamed because the, the, your child belongs to you. They're an extension of you. They rely on you. I agree with that. I feel like in the, in the Black community, we sometimes, we we don't want to talk about, you know, we have this mentality, what happened in this house, stay in this house. And that's probably sometimes why we don't talk about our kids having special needs. So we don't even try to reach out or try to find resources because we're too much ashamed. And I hope that with this conversation, we can change the way we look at it and we start, we can start accepting autism as well. Um, and Miss D, I'll be right back with you. Um, but anyway, you guys, you guys have any questions, please comment below. But until the next parent get here, which is Crystal, and is another Crystal who also is a autism advocate, I'm going to go ahead and take the stage. My name is Crystal Jordan. Um, me being an autism advocate, it just happened. I didn't plan to be so 
vocal about it, but me seeing that I needed to be the voice for my son and advocate for my son is what pushed me. My son was diagnosed when he was two years old, and ever since he was diagnosed, I hit the ground running. I've been trying to learn about it. I've been researching about it. I've got, he's in so many services. He's in speech, feeding, ABA, and um, OT, and I'm trying to make sure that I prepare my son to be independent because one day I am going to die and I want him to be independent to, to take care of himself. But I do know in the back of my mind that may not be capable because I do know that autism looks different for each parent and each mom. So with me being an advocate, I, my goal is to advocate for the black and brown community because we don't, our voices are not heard. I want to understand that it's okay that our kids have autism. Let's stand together. It's a whole community out there for us if we just start to talk about it. Um, I'm finna bring some moms back to the stage. So, Bianca, like, since you are a special needs teacher, right? Mm -hmm. What do you like? How do you help parents navigate through this world of autism? Um, we kind of help each other. Um, when I meet the parents that I meet, they are already knee deep in the game, um, right? I deal with kids that are in the high school cluster, so ages between mm, 16 to 21. So they've already been through all of it. They've been through the diagnosis. They've been through um, dealing with IEP meetings and fighting for their kid and advocating for their kid. Um, but we are at the age where we're talking about what do we do when they graduate? Where is my kid going to go? What are they going to do? Are they going to get a job? Are they going to go to an all-day program? Are they going to live with me, um, you know, when they graduate? Or are they so um, behaviorally challenged? Um, because most of my students, um, they are on the severe end, uh, which means that they are violent towards themselves and others. Are we going to put them in another program that is, you know, where they live? Um, so we deal with all of that, um, and it's, it's very challenging because you see these parents just struggling between, you know, how do I make the right choice for my child? Is me saying that they need to go away to a place where they're more equipped to deal with these behaviors and not live with me? Does that mean that I'm a bad parent? So it, it's um, very emotionally trying, um, but they, they definitely give me a lot of hope and a lot of resources. And Hopefully, I do the same for them as far as how to navigate uh, post-graduation. So my next question for you is, do you help the parents navigate from an IEP to a 504 plan? Because I know the 504 can carry them into college. So with that being stated, if you didn't know that parents, now you know 504 is do that their senior year for they can transfer that to college. Um, but do you help them with that, the parents? Um, so our program, no, we do not, um, because the population, they, they don't go that route. Um, we have yet to, let me say, we have yet to have a student go that route. Um, most of the time we are helping students get into an all day program. Um, they have been a few that went into a program that they lived in. Um, but we haven't come across a, a student that needed to go into college or wanted to go to college as of yet. Okay. That makes sense. Because college is not meant for everybody. Um, D, my question for you, now that your son is 19, is it how was the resources coming without you helping? Like, tell us about that. What was the question again? 
I said, D, since your son is 19, he's older. How is the resources for him? So he um, doesn't qualify for any resources. So um, that's kind of where my organization steps in because we, not everybody that has a disability qualifies for government resources um, or the services where you are, but that doesn't mean that they don't have a disability because you're kind of caught between that space. As you know, um, when having autism, you can be too advanced in one area and lack the social skills and the other thing that you need um, in another area. And, um, you know, I don't want to say, unfortunately, my son is in that space because it's good, you know, that he doesn't have to do that. But then it's not good because there's there needs to be help somewhere. You know, there needs to be gap filling services for people that are able to be employed full time to hold full time jobs that just need certain supports in order for that to happen. And so that's kind of where my advocacy comes in, because not everybody um you know, needs full support, like you mentioned, on that range where, you know, it's mostly behavioral, like my son is in a space where it's more social skills um, and those things. But um, I was kind of ahead of the game. He's in um, a post-secondary transition program at a four-year university. And so that, and of course, I found that on my own because his school never presented that as an option. You know, usually it's um, as you mentioned, um, either a day program or the Division of Rehabilitation Services or Vocational Rehabilitation, you know, those things. But I knew that he um, that he could do more. And I felt like if he kind of got shoved into that pipeline, that we would get stuck there. And so we didn't even bother to go that route. And so we never even filled out the paperwork um, for that to happen. Um, so he is he's um, at a four year college, 10 hours away from home right now. And he's doing amazing. I mean, they're pro they're providing the resources that he needs. And so he's in a program specifically for people with uh, mild intellectual impairments or autism. And it it has been the most amazing thing. So I definitely advocate for the type of thing, like do your research. Um, they asked for his IEP. I mean, they and all there were eight schools that we applied to that had these types of program. And they have implemented absolutely everything to the point where some of the supports that he had when he was in high school, he doesn't even need them. So he went from having a 2.0 in high school to having a 4.0 his first semester at a division one college. And this is without me, you know, without mom, without doing whatever. So these things are there. And so these are the stories that I tell parents. I mean, granted, it's not easy because there's not money. Like, like Bianca mentioned, they don't expect people with intellectual impairments or autism to go to college. And so we're kind of ahead of the game by asking for resources that they really never expected. And so these are the hard conversations that I have because now I'm like, well, why not? And it's not acceptable to say, well, because nobody's going to say he's the first person to do it because he's not. You know, I'm just the first person that's advocating on state and federal level for funds available for people who don't need VR. Because if you think about it, because he's still on my insurance, because that's a lot of reason why people go through Medicaid and Medicare so that they can have their own insurance, they're adults. But the law says if you have a child in school full time, they can stay on your insurance until they're 26. So he has coverage. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't need that. And he's on his way to independence, but the federal government doesn't acknowledge that because if you're not in um, like a degree, whatever program, you can't apply for federal um, student loans.
And a lot of people don't know that. And so um, and you can read it. You can apply for Pell Grants. But again, you have to make below a certain income to get Pell Grants. And that's up to like, what, five, ten thousand dollars. College is forty five grand. So what do people with disabilities do who want to do more? But there aren't resources for those people um, to do more. So you can kind of understand where my organization is coming from. They hate it when I come. But if the goal is to get people to be more independent and self-sufficient, then when they break that glass ceiling, somebody has to be there to help them get to the next stage. And that would be me. <laughs> I love that. And it's dope that she's a special needs teacher. And she's saying that she haven't got to that stuff yet. And it's dope that you're saying your son is in college on his way to independence, 10 hours away, and there is they're still using his IEP. That is amazing to hear from me having a child that is four, because that's one of my goals if he want to go to college. How, like, I have so much in my mind when it comes to school and services when he get older. It's like, it's a lot. Uh, my whole thought process is all over the place, but it's amazing to hear your story. I'm so happy that I had you because I know you have to go because uh, I did talk to you already. So I am going to reach out to you about how to navigate towards no, that. No, definitely. And that's oh, one good. thing that I learned in, in terms of in terms of resources. The same um, for you, Bianca. A lot of times we're all barking up the same tree, you know, with respect to resources and going the same way. But our kids qualify for scholarships just like everyone else. You know, they qualify for, you know, like some of the random ones that people get, like people that wear glasses can get scholarships. Well, there are people with autism that wear glasses. You know, there are I mean, they're just so random. And I go after those pots of funding, you know, too. you know, if there are grants available for people that want to go into auto mechanics. See, that doesn't mean that they're going to college, but they're going into some type of. So that's what I do. You know, I'll let everybody else uh, fight for those funds. But, you know, if a person with autism says that they want to be an entrepreneur, then that's where that, that's what they want to do. An entrepreneur doesn't mean you own Microsoft like they could own a coffee shop or a grass cutting business. Um, so that's just what I push for. You ask them what they want and find a way to give them what they want. Um, and I feel like everybody deserves a chance at, you know, at life and you make it happen. I love that. Um, you guys, I'm reading your guys' comments. I am so happy you guys are loving the show. Um, one of our speakers had to leave already because she has a self-love thing, which she does workout fitness um so the, that's why she left um and she's very punctual i will give her that like you guys she's very punctual and i'm not sure brianna i mean bianca want to drop any more gems or anything but i am going to drop all the websites that miss hits did say for you if you guys need to take a picture screenshot it write it down please do she was talking about some great resources today and i hope this episode really helped you guys or even helped you make that make you want to have that conversation with your family saying hey i think my child may have autism what should i do or even you reaching out to the people i had on my panel today 
I really hope that you guys can do that because I feel that everybody on this panel has been amazing. And I'm I'm pretty sure none of us would mind talking to you. If you reach out and you need a vent or something, you can most definitely reach out to me. I am 100% down to talk to you. And I am dropping the websites as I talk for you guys. can write them down, screenshot, or whatever the case may be. Because it's resources out there, you guys. And we just have to know about them. And thank you so much. I really do hope it was an excellent conversation. Thank you for my YouTubers who are watching and my Facebook family who's watching. Um, Bianca, do you have any more insight? Um, just advocate. The only person that's going to advocate for your child is you. Um, I will say that if I didn't have the knowledge that I did about special education just being in the working field, I probably would have got ran over in a lot of IEP meetings. I've, I've had to fight. I had to bring, um, you know, Baltimore City Public Schools into my IEP meetings because I knew so much and because I knew what I wanted for my child. Um, just advocate for your kid. If you know what your kid needs and what will work for your child, advocate for it and don't accept no for an answer because that's what's going to make them successful in school and in life. So the more you can prep them now in these early years, no matter if they're one or five or whatever, prep them. You can do after after school things, programs, ABA. You can do um, the program I was talking about. I live in Baltimore, so it's called Baltimore Infants and Toddlers, um, ages zero through five, which does special, um, they do speech therapy and occupational therapy. Just prep your kids as much as you can between now and 18 because these years definitely matter. I agree with you. These early years matter. And when you said if you don't know anything about IEPs, they run over you. That was a mouthful. If that wasn't a truth, I don't know what was the truth because you have to be ready. So you have to know these big words they be using. You have to understand so much. And it's so much paperwork. You have to read through it and really advocate for your child. I just went through that. Well, I had to mend my IEP to have him fix it and go back. And they said, well, his uh, annual coming up. No, you're going to mend it and you're going to do this. It's legal binding contract. And I need you to let's go back and fix it again. So what you said that that is very very true and in georgia some um good programs is um parents to parent which i'm a volunteer for that is a good resource for parents um also if you want to go to my website zachariah world slash resources is a whole bunch of resources on there you also have you guys um you also have uh, babies can't wait in georgia that is another good resource um market center is a great resource as well if you guys need to get your child diagnosed and that's pretty much all my resources i have i have way more on my website but i don't know them all by heart because there's so many and if your child is not potty trained do you know your child can get free pull-ups until they're 18 and the, and medicaid or your insurance will pay for it depending on your insurance depending on the insurance It'll be covered. It's like a prescription. So it's a prescription. It comes like FedEx, like Amazon. It comes every month like clockwork. So that is a free resource as well. That's on my website as well. Um, and that's all my resources I have. Um, I really hope this episode was good for you guys. Um, next week, I am discussing autism through their eyes. I mean, like what? 
you guys, when I tell you guys I haven't prepared for this episode for two months, two months, two whole months, I've been preparing for this episode. Like, we're going to talk about puzzle pieces. Uh, we're going to talk about why I don't like ABA. We're going to talk about um, why I don't like autism speak this, this week. And then the week after that, we're going to talk about first responders. How we can we train first responders to understand special needs and autism. And then the last episode of April will be uh, featuring Black artists who write books, our children's books, about autism. So this whole month is about autism. I'm not changing the, the, the conversation. Um, this whole month is a different point of view. This episode was just about moms and how we navigate autism. Um, if anybody have any questions in the audience, you guys can ask me. I don't mind. Uh, I know I'm very open. I'm not sure if I have anybody new following me. That's why I didn't really tell my story because you guys pretty much know me. But I will say if I had any advice for a parent is a schedule. Put your child on a schedule. It's a lifesaver. A schedule and patience. And don't don't uh, compare your child to every other child. Like each milestone your child make, praise that milestone. Tell your child, I'm so proud of you. Good job. Like prime example, today me and my son went to the zoo. I said, are you having fun? Can you sign me more? And he, he signed me more. And I was like, I'm so proud of you. Good job, Zachariah. Let me go buy you something. What do you want? He picked it out and I let him show me what he wanted. I didn't think about it because he has his own voice. It's just hidden inside. That's how I look at it. So. Um, you guys have any more questions or anything else to add to this conversation? Thank you for the resources. You are so welcome. Um, I love having a conversation about autism. Um, I want people to learn to accept it. Um, it is very close and near to my heart. So I would continue to talk about it. Not even just in April, I will talk about it every other day. I would keep sharing resources. I would keep sharing resources i said that information about autism and i would keep advocating for my black brown community yes praise is so important yes we have to praise our kids even if they're not they, even if they're not on the spectrum parents praise your kids praise your kids tell them i thank you tell them i love you it don't matter they, they it don't matter they, they all have special needs praise your kids and that's it. I was going to say, love your makeup, Bianca. Yes. Praising our queens. I'm so happy this episode was helpful for you. Um, when I drop it, I'm going to um, drop all the resources in the comments. So when I get off live, I will make sure I do that because a whole bunch of resources and I'm going to make sure I do that. So with that being stated, everybody, this was the Bedroom Talk Show. I'm your host, Crystal J. And thank you guys so much for tuning in. And please tune in for the rest of these awesome episodes for April. Bye, you guys. See you later.